With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs with you here once again, and I am excited, as always, to bring on my boy. He is a guru of college wrestling, of wrestling at all levels, actually. But if you're not following Cody Goodwin of the Des Moines Register for your wrestling news, you're doing it wrong. He is at Cody Goodwin on Twitter. Find his coverage at DesMoinesRegister.com. And uh, he joins me here once again. What's up, Cody? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, an exciting time of the year if you're uh, you're diehard wrestling fans, and I know there's plenty of them that are in the uh, the, the Hawkeye the Hawkeye Nation, I suppose. So they, uh, I, I imagine, for between now and probably next Saturday, they're both they're going to be both on pins and needles and both excited at the same time because this is this is like Christmas for for college wrestling and really just wrestling fans in general. This is going to be a really fun week we got coming up. Yes, it is, and and we got some fun news this morning as uh, as Tom Brands and Spencer Lee met with the media. I don't think it was anything that that Hawkeye fans really questioned Cody but Spencer Lee did confirm that he will be returning for uh, for his senior season uh, for, to, to go for a fourth title he said you know he's not going to ask questions he's not going to answer questions about being a four-timer because he's not a three-timer yet but he did say he's going to come back to win another national title because the Hawks are going to win one this year so that that was good news for Iowa fans and and really college wrestling fans everywhere to hear Spencer Lee's coming back again it's it's really funny because there's been a lot of people that have been like, you know, oh, is he going to come back? Is he going to take advantage of the extra year? What's the deal? What's going on? Yada, yada. And I like I have always been of the belief and he's probably told me this and maybe I just never you know tweeted it out or reported it or whatever the case may be. But like he was always going to come back. Like I don't like every I don't like, you know, once he got the free year and, you know, I, I know him and his dad pretty well. And, and we talk a lot, you know, off the record and just in and out of you know, different wrestling events that I might see them at. And, you know, th- this was this was always the plan. It, it, it was kind of stunning to me to see the reaction to, you know, oh, my gosh, he's actually coming back. Like, I'm, I'm sitting over here like, no, duh. You know, like he once he got the opportunity to potentially go for a fourth NCAA title, and, and he's right, he's got to win it, um, you know, next week first to, to give him three in order to go for four. But, um, you know, once, that, once he got that extra year and, and all winter athletes got that year, I mean, it was a no-brainer. He was absolutely going to come back. What's Spencer like off the mat? You know, it's 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 hard because he doesn't seem to fully fit into the brand's mold of, you know, very intense. Now, he certainly sounds like a, a, an eyeball wrestler when he talks to the media, and he's got that intensity on the mat, and we all know the things he can do, but he seems maybe a little... Um, uh, <laughs> I guess I don't know how to put this less intense than the brand's family or some of the wrestlers that we've seen kind of uh, in that mold uh, at Iowa. 
He's he's a different cat, man. He's a he's he's a, he's kind of an everyman, really. I mean, when he steps on the mat, he flips the switch, and we've all seen it. He is he's the baddest dude on the planet, probably. Um, but like when he is when he's just off the mat and he's just you know just kind of hanging out with us and and just chit chatting about whatever whatever it may be. I mean, I've seen him at a couple of different events over the years, and we've just you know we've just talked about any a number of things. I mean, he's he's kind of goofy. He's got a funny sense of humor. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's, I, I think people know by now that, you know, he's a huge Pokemon fan. Like he loves video games. It's not just a Pokemon thing. Um, although I think that's his favorite, but like he's, you know, in, in his room at his apartment, he's got like a legitimate gamer chair. Um, you know, he's got like the headphones so he can kind of lock into whatever he's playing online and, and things like that. Um, he's, I mean, he's very studious. He's very organized. Um, you know, he just kind of, he goes about his own business and just kind of does his own thing and doesn't really worry about what anybody or everybody else is thinking. Um, you know, he's, I mean, he's just, he's kind of, I mean, he's just another dude, right? Like he's, you know, I think a lot of people see him as, you know, is, is he this super intense individual because of what he does on the mat and, and he can be, I mean, his competitive side, when, when you got to get him talking about that, he's told me a number of really funny stories, um, off the record, just about, you know, his, his natural competitiveness. And some of those things have been on the record. Like I remember a story he told me a couple of years ago where, um, you know, he ran cross country in high school and, um, I think one of his first races, he finished, you know, 15th. Um, in the cross country race, or maybe it was 16, it was 16th in the cross country race. And I, anybody who knows cross country, you know, there's, you know, upwards of 100, 200, maybe even 300 runners at any of these races. And he came off, you know, after the race and, you know, his dad found him and his dad was like, you know, Hey man, like 16th, that's, that's pretty dang good. He's just like, dad, I lost, I've never lost 15 times in my life in wrestling ever. Like, why, why is this a good thing? This isn't a good thing. Like he's, he's got little funny stories like that, that might, you know, him, him and the Brands brothers might be kindred spirits in that sense. But, I mean, really, off the bat, he's, he's a pretty easygoing dude. He's, I mean, he's, he's really nice, obviously. He, he likes to just kind of hang out and, and just kind of be his own person. He's, you know, I, 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 I don't know that that's a side a lot of people get to see of him, and especially this year. Like, a lot of us, we just don't have the same access to these guys as we normally would, so it's probably harder to just bring their um, personalities across in that way, just in the way that we're covering this team this year. But, um, yeah, man, he's, uh, he's unique. He's, he's a little bit different. Um, but at the same time, he's also, he's, he shares a lot of similar traits with like the brand brothers and, um, you know, previous Iowa superstar wrestlers that, um, you know, a lot of that, that, you know, in that way, they're kind of Kendrick spirits. It's, it's the competitiveness that the will to win, the want to win that, that kind of appetite for success. Um, that much is very, very identical to what Tom and Terry produced. Um, you know, throughout their coaching strategies and really throughout their own wrestling careers. So, same but different, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You can you can tell it an Iowa wrestler just by the way they kind of carry themselves and 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 walk and talk and uh, it's it's fun and it has worked and it, it worked this past weekend, Cody, uh, at the Big Ten tournament. Before we look ahead to the nationals, let's look back to the Big Ten and uh, obviously as a team, everything you would want for the Hawkeyes, right? They they won their thirty seventh Big Ten championship and had four individual winners, of course. Spencer Lee, one of those, uh, Jaden Ironman at 141, Marinelli at 165, and Kemmerer at 174 as well. Uh, overall, um, h- how was, I guess, I guess was it as good as it could have been? Obviously, uh, th- there were some guys who may- maybe didn't do as well as we hoped. There were some guys, I think, like Nelson Brands, who uh, did a little better than-, than some people thought. But I guess overall, before we start breaking it down, you know, weight by weight, uh, how did you think the Hawkeyes fared at the, at the Big Tens? They, I mean, they... <laughs> Um, they, I mean, they were really good. They were, they were really, really good. Um, you know, they, they put nine of 10 wrestlers on the podium and all nine of those guys finished in the top four at their respective weights. Um, 
you know, and, and, and even if, even the guy that took fourth place, Nelson Brands, I mean, you nailed it. He was seated ninth going in, and, and he, I thought he had a very, very strong tournament. Um, you know, he ended up uh, losing in the quarterfinals, but he battled all the way back through the Russellbacks and ended up in fourth place at a, at a weight where he's still undersized, and that is still, um, you know, once you kind of get through the top-tier level guys at that weight, it, it's pretty wide open and available for the taking, so to speak. Um, I thought he wrestled really, really well. Um, you know, they put six guys in the finals, um, which is a little obscene. Um, they had four champs. The last time Iowa had four Big Ten tournament champs um, was 2001. Um, and so that would have been, uh, you know, for, for the throwback Hawkeye fans, uh, you know, Jody Scriptmatter, Eric Jurgens, Doug Schwab, and TJ Williams all the way back then. Um, you know, this year it was Spencer, Jaden Ironman at 41, Alex Marinelli at, at 165, who won his third Big Ten title, um, and then Michael Kemmer at 174. I mean, it was just, it was, it was methodical. I think it was just kind of another example or another reinforcement of the idea that kind of this Iowa team is, they're the, they're the team to beat this year. Um, and, and the margin, it's, I, that, I mean, that's a huge gap. I mean, let's, you know, they, they won the Big Ten tournament, which is the, the deepest, toughest wrestling conference in the country, bar none. They won that tournament by 35 and a half points. Um, there's a couple of different ways we can put this in perspective. And the first that I always kind of default to is that, you know, a first place, if somebody finishes first place at the Big Ten tournament without scoring bonus points, um, they score 19 team points. Um, so they literally finished first by two first place wrestlers, wow. um, which is, which is a little obscene. Um, and then the other, I think the other, this was a kind of a fun fact that we found out afterward was that, you know, Iowa 35 and a half point was the margin of victory. Um, that is the largest for largest margin of victory for a big 10 tournament team champ since, uh, 2010, which was when Iowa, uh, won it again. Um, and they won it that year by 37 and a half points. Hmm. Um, so we all know what happened at the NCAA championships for the Hawkeyes that year. Um, this year, this year's team is made very much in the same mold and, and could be argued to be even better than that 2010 team, which I think had five NCAA finalists. Um, so I said, you know, the results from next week, I think will bear out that full comparison, but I mean, this is a really, really good team. I, there were a lot of people, I mean, there were a lot of people on Twitter who were kind of asking for team score updates throughout, um, you know, the semifinal round on Saturday night and, and throughout Sunday's, um, you know, Russell backgrounds and then into the finals and, um, I kept having to tell people, you know, guys, dude, like, don't worry about the team score. Like, just sit and focus and watch and enjoy this wrestling team because they are obscenely good. Um, very rarely do you get teams like this, and Iowa has had a team like this for each of the last two years. Um, we have every reason to believe that all these guys are going to come back again next year. Like, just watch and enjoy this team, and don't worry about the team score because I, they won by 35 and a half points, man. Like, it, it cracks me up to talk <laughs> about it because, like, teams <clears> – <throat> Teams that are this good, like, you know, Penn State went on their run, but, um, you know, eight of nine, you know, eight titles in nine years. But I, you know, I think it was maybe two of the nine year run that they had a team similar to what Iowa has now. Like, it's just, it's a little unbelievable how good they are. It cracks me up because they're just, they're, they're so deep and they're so talented. And it's like, you know, if the seeds hold at the NCAA championships and maybe a couple of guys do what I think they're capable of doing, I mean, they could put legitimately, six, seven, eight guys in the NCAA semifinals on Saturday night. And that is, that's, that's obscene. Like that's, that's a little ridiculous, um, which, you know, I meant that could be good enough to potentially clinch the team title on sat on sat on Friday night before we even get to Saturday's finals. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, you know, a little further ahead here, but right. like, that's how good they are. Like that's wow. how capable, like that's, that's how good they are. Like, Sit back and enjoy this team, guys. Like, don't don't ever worry about the team score. If there's a reason to worry about the team score, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But like, this is 
this is a damn good team. And, like, they are just – it cracks me up when people are like, what's the score? What's the score? It's like, guys, don't worry about it. There's literally no reason to worry about it. Yeah, if if you need to worry about the score, that'll be the headline that, that you see everywhere, right? I would not definitely going to win would, would be the, the time. It's the, the headline will not be I was going to win. We all we all expect that, I guess, at this point. Uh, staying with the Big Tens, though, um, you know, Max Mirren lost in the second round and, and, and was the one guy who didn't get on that podium that, that you mentioned. Uh, how unexpected with that was that? How, how worried, uh, I guess, are you about him going forward here? Yeah, I think it, I think it was very unexpected. Obviously, I mean, he he entered at the at the two seat. Um, you know, and one forty nine is one of those funky weights where um, you know I I think I, I think there's very there's a clear definitive line between I think the top two or three guys at that weight nationally. Um, but then below them, I mean, those six All American spots are absolutely up for grabs. Um, I would throw throw Mirren into the mix of guys that could potentially um, you know land a spot on that podium. Um, now his performance at the Big Ten Championships left a lot more to be desired, right? Because when you go in as the two seed, you kind of you're hoping to probably at the very least finish in the top eight, right? Um, yeah. So you know, I, I, when you look at his matches and you break them down, he really only lost two positions, and both of those positions just so happened to cost him both of those matches. Um, you know, in the first match against Nebraska's Rich Lovett, um, you know he was they they were kind of they were hand fighting, doing some chain wrestling, and Lovett was able to catch double overs and put Muren on his back in the first period and. Um, you know, it's really hard to dig your way out of a 6-0 hole. Now, Muran almost did it. Um, he went from down 6-0 to within 7-4 in the second period. Um, but then Lovett was able to score a few more points and really kind of put that match on ice. That sent Muran to the Russell back. And then there, he wrestled Rutgers' Mike Van Brill, who's a um, seasoned veteran. He's been around. He's had some success, had some struggles. Um, but in the third period, it was tied 1-1, and Van Brill just so happened to get it on a shot. He was able to convert. Um, and then on top of that, he was able to hold Murin on his back for four additional back points. So it was started 1-1, ended up 7-1 after the exchange. And at the time that Van Brill was able to connect on his shot, there were only, I think, 30 or 40 seconds left in the match. So there just, there just wasn't a lot of time left for Murin to, to bounce back. Now, what really helped Murin was that Lovett from Nebraska ended up making the finals, and then Van Brill from Rutgers ended up taking third. Mm-hmm. So he lost to two really, really good guys that had really, really strong tournaments, and I think that ultimately helped him a little bit when it came to the NCAA seeding. Um, so he's the 12 seed going into next week in St. Louis, um, and he's going to get a pretty quick shot at redemption, too. If he wins his first match, which is against Indiana's Graham Rook, um, he could potentially wrestle uh, Nebraska's Ridge Lovett in the second round. Um, so, And if you take away that 6-0 lead, um, you know, I think the final score ended up being 11-6, so um, you, know, you do the math. He outscored him 6-5 to the rest of the way. Um, if Urine can't avoid a big move like that, and he can just kind of wrestle the way we think he knows. Like, we we're, we all know that he's probably capable of wrestling, but the match he can absolutely win. And so it's not out of the question that as the 12th seed, he could probably sneak into the quarterfinals on Friday morning. Um, you know, we'll have to see because he's obviously got to wrestle those matches and win those matches. Um, but he'll, he'll have a quick opportunity for redemption in St. Louis next week. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
The last time you and I talked, Cody, Iowa had just hit pause on the season due to some COVID uh, issues, and and you and I had this dream scenario of you know this uh, this final weekend match, be you know dual triple duel between Iowa, Penn State, maybe throw Michigan in there. Uh, that didn't come to fruition, and so the Hawkeyes had a bunch of time off leading into this tournament. Seems like they didn't miss a step from the outside looking in. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they did. Um, you know, when you I, and here's I mean, here's another way to kind of um, you know quantify how well they wrestled. Um, you know, 159 and a half points was was the total score that they ended up putting up as a team score, um, and only 17 of those points were bonus points. Um, Spencer Lee and Tony Cassiope at heavyweight did a lot of the legwork there. Um, but you know, you you remove those 17 bonus points, and they still put up what's that math? 142 and a half points. Um, which is still a little ridiculous, and they still win the tournament by 18 points. So they still win a tournament um, by a first-place wrestler. That's, I mean, that's how good they were. Um, you know, guys like Austin DeSanto and Alex Marinelli, I know that those were, um, you know, those are two guys, high-octane guys that score a lot of points, score a lot of bonus points. Um, you know, they rack up, you know, technical falls, major decisions, and pins whenever at all possible. They didn't do that um, in, uh, at, at the Big Ten tournament. Um, so, you know, you wonder. I know, I know DeSanto was dealing with a, uh, with a broken finger, um, Marinelli um, has you know, I, the guys he was wrestling were maybe um, not exactly wrestling to wrestle, so to speak. Um, you know where he was kind of having to you know take position and force stall calls to get those guys to open up a little bit. Um, you know, but I, I you know the good news is you know they both got to the finals. Marinelli obviously won. DeSanto finished second. Um, so you know I, maybe a little worrisome. You wonder how they're going to go into St. Louis. You know if DeSanto's finger is fine. Um, I think he'll probably have a propensity to open up a little bit more. Marinelli's going to have a really, really tough draw at 165 in St. Louis next week. Um, those were probably the two big things that maybe stuck out, and I don't know if they're COVID-related or if they were opponent-related more. Um, clearly, DeSanto had a busted finger, but um, you know, I, I don't know that it really affected him much in the first match or his finals match. It more affected him in the semifinal match. Um, so, you know, well, I think well, you know, those are two guys that I want to keep an eye on you know, going into the first round at St. Louis next week. You know, how do they respond after basically not scoring any bonus points at the Big Ten tournament um, when those are two guys that I know Iowa really relies on to you know, put up some points and put up some fireworks. So that was really the one thing that stuck out. Otherwise, I, Iowa did what they were supposed to do, and, and they wrestled as well as I thought they have. Um, you know, kind of like we mentioned, I, it, it was a really impressive performance to, to win the way they did and to, you know, by the margin that they did without wrestling 27 days beforehand. I, that was, that, people shouldn't discount how impressive that performance was. Last thing, sticking with the Big Tens before we look ahead at the brackets of the uh, the Nationals uh, coming up next week down in St. Louis. Uh, the the coverage on the Big Ten Network, it, it seems like it really worked. It was a cool thing. They put more into it than they typically do, and it, it, I've seen reports this week that uh, the ratings were good and also the feedback was really good. Uh, how much of that did you catch? Did you enjoy it? And does this lead to hopefully more wrestling on TV? I think it will. Um, you know, there was it was really, really cool. Um, what they were able to do. Um, I mean, first off, the, the, the coverage that they provided all year, um, you know, this year was kind of a, uh, um, you know, the culmination of, you know, what's been, you know, kind of a six, seven year effort to try and improve and, and add more wrestling coverage. Um, so I, you know, what they were able to do this year, uh, you know, part of this, I mean, let's be real, the numbers are up, I think, you know, 23% year over year viewership average. And yeah, kind of like I said, let's be real. Part of that is because nobody was really allowed in the building. So everybody had to watch at home. Um, you know, they had to tune into Big Ten Network. They had to tune into BTN Plus or the Fox Sports app or however they watched their wrestling. Um, you know, so that, that obviously played a role. But, 
Um, you know, I, I, I think they were able to capitalize on that a little bit. You know, this was, I think, the first time ever that they aired Saturday sessions of the Big Ten tournament on the Big Ten Network main channel. They don't normally do that. They normally just do the finals on Sunday on Big Ten Network main. This year, um, they did what they called, like, was basically a quad box. Um, I, I, maybe you guys saw that hashtag trending, hashtag B1 yes. quad box, where they basically, you know, there's four mats on the floor at the Big Ten tournament. And they were able to put all four mats on the screen at the same time. Um, and it was kind of like uh, NFL's red zone, um, NFL Network's red zone, where they were kind of, you know, they saw all four mats, um, you know, and they would kind of highlight or zoom into one match, um, you know, depending on the significance of it or, you know, if it was, you know, close match in the third period or if there was a really cool sequence or something that happened. Um, you know, I think a lot, of, a lot of people really enjoyed that aspect. Um, they brought back, um, you know, kind of dual screen where they had two mats for the semifinals on Saturday night. Um, and then, obviously, they, they, they had the finals. And, and then all of this was obviously all available through, like, Big Ten Network Plus and the Fox Sports app and different ways that, you know, people could access watching it since they weren't able to be in the building. Um, you know, the numbers that I saw or that they were told to me was that, you know, the average audience for a wrestling broadcast climbed 23% this year. Again, partially because of COVID. But also, I mean, Big Ten Network, let's give, let's give credit where it's due, man. They have, they have really ramped up their wrestling coverage. Um, you know, they've dove in. They've really put an emphasis on um, you know, the, the social media aspect and their digital platforms. Uh, wrestling has kind of been the lead initiative for their YouTube page where you can go catch various types of stories, full duels, full matches. Um, you know, I think you could go back right now and catch every single match from the Big Ten tournament on YouTube in some way, shape, or form. Um, they launched an Instagram page um, that picked up 32,000 followers and counting from the beginning of the season until now. Um, you know, they, they, I think the, the, you know, the, a lot of the stories that they've been able to tell are, are obviously resonating with some of their bigger audiences. I know that they've done a lot with Iowa just on, um, you know, Spencer Lee, Max Muir, and Alex Marinelli. They did a special on Mark Ironside. They've done a special on um, just, you know, the fact that Iowa is probably the team to beat this year. Um, you know, the Spencer Lee um, story that they did, which aired after the semifinal round on Saturday, um, had more, it, it had 100, I think 146,000 viewers, which was, um, you know, almost, 50% more than what they had previously or what the previous record was for their, you know, special storytelling type, um, you know, things that they do, they call it on the mat feature, which is basically a wrestling uh, version of the journey for people who really pay attention to big 10 network. Um, so I, they've done a lot of really, really cool things and, and the numbers obviously reflect that. And, um, you know, they're a unique channel in a lot of different ways. And, and I think one of the things that they're really capitalizing on is just the fact that the big 10 has the best wrestling in the country. And, um, fans want more of it, right? They want to watch more, especially now when they can't be there live to watch it in person. Um, so I give them a lot of kudos for, for really ramping up their coverage and, and offering a bunch of different opportunities to, to pe for people to watch wrestling. Um, you know, clearly it's paid off in a number of different ways. Man, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about wrestling being eliminated from the Olympics and having to save it and all this stuff, and now we're talking about increasing coverage, and uh, it's 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 really, really cool. It's a fun time, uh, and especially if you're a Hawkeye fan. Uh, as we head into the NCAAs next week in St. Louis, uh, before I let you just kind of go off on these brackets, all ten Hawkeyes are headed to the Nationals. You had four one-seeds, uh, obviously four more in the top five, and then uh, I guess the I guess the, the question is Max Mirren and, and Nelson Brands both twelve seeds. Is it warranted? Is it is it is Iowa worthy of having uh, ten wrestlers make the nationals? Yeah, I think so. I th you know the, the one thing I was really worried about was Max Mirren, um, you know, because everybody else automatically qualified through the Big Ten championships. Um, so it, they, a lot of these conference, all of these conference championships serve as an automatic qualifier to get to the NCAA championships. Uh, Muren was the only one who didn't automatically qualify, but I figured his coach's ranking going into the Big Ten tournament nationally was, I think they, they pegged him as fifth. 
Um, so, you know, I really liked his odds to get an at-large bid. Um, you know, I, I was really more curious about his seeding just because, you know, you go 0-2 in a shortened year. It's really not a huge body of work. Um, you know, how much were they going to hurt him? Um, and I think, you know, just the fact that, um, you know, kind of like I mentioned earlier, love it making the finals and Van Brill wrestling all the way back to take third. Um, I think that really helped Max Mirren's case. So he, he enters in as the 12 seed at 149, which um, I think is probably a really, I think that's a good spot for him. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, he's got, a, he's got a pretty good shot at redemption early on if, if he wrestles really well on Thursday. Um, in the case of Nelson Brands, a really strong tournament. Um, at the Big Ten tournament, really helped him. You know, he, he entered as the nine seed. He took a couple of losses in the regular season, and he was able to finish ahead of both of those guys and, and even beat some guys that were seated ahead of him um, at the Big Ten tournament, and that helped him obviously uh, come through with a fourth-place finish. So he is also a 12 seed at 184. Um, you know, he's going to have a pretty tough, uh, pretty tough route. You know, I, I like his first-round matchup for him. Um, you know, he's got a kid from uh, Cal State Bakersfield who, I mean, that's a very winnable match for Nelson Brands. And then in the second round is when I think things get really, really tough. He could potentially wrestle uh, Virginia Tech's Hunter Bolin, who, um, ACC runner-up, really tough wrestler. Um, you know, he's, I, I'm pretty sure he was, uh, I think he was a top eight seed last year going into the NCAA championships at 184. Um, he's obviously a more full 184. So that would be a tremendous win if Nelson could pull that one off. If not, that sends him to the Russellbacks, where I kind of figured if he's going to become an All-American this year, he's going to have to win a handful of matches in the Russellbacks anyway. So, um, you know, where he's at, I, I like his spot. I think there's a big opportunity there for him on Thursday if he, if he comes ready um, to wrestle. So I, not, not a huge surprise to see them where they're at and, and everybody else, um, you know, kind of business as usual, kind of right where I thought they'd be. All right, we've kind of gone through those two, the, the two, two, two 12 seeds. Uh, take us through some of those other, uh, those other weight classes, those other brackets that were released uh, in the last day or two and, uh, and kind of what we should expect, what we should be looking for for the, uh, the Hawkeyes involved. Oh, man. Okay, buckle up, guys. Um, so we got, there's, there's four one seeds, like you mentioned, um, and they were the same guys that won the Big Ten championships last weekend. Um, so you got Spencer Lee at 125, Jaden Ironman at 41, um, Alex Marinelli at 65 and, and Michael Kemmer at 74. Um, you know, I guess I, with Spencer, I, I really like his, I like his draw. I mean, I don't know that there's really anybody in the bracket that can beat him. He could just, he could have a couple of interesting matches along the way. Um, you know, potentially, um, you know, as the one seed, you get the winner of the pigtail bout because there's, there's 33 wrestlers at every weight that qualifies for the NCAA championships. And, and his, the winner of his pigtail bout could actually be a Kyson Tarakina from Iowa state. So he's, He's technically the 33rd overall seed at the NCAA championships at 25, so um, we could see some Cyhawk action early. Um, in the quarterfinals, Spencer could see potentially another uh, Big Ten opponent. He could see either Purdue's Devin Schroeder, who he beat in the Big Ten finals, or Michigan State's Rayvon Foley, who he pinned in the semis. Um, and then in the semifinals, he could potentially see Northern Iowa's Brody Kepke, who Big 12 champ, he's the five seed. Um, he's going to have to navigate uh, maybe a couple of Big Ten opponents, and then uh, potentially Central Michigan's Drew Hildebrandt, who is the MAC champ. Um, so we could potentially see some Iowa versus Northern Iowa in the national semifinals on Friday night next week. I think that could be really, really cool. Um, Jaden Ironman at 41, um, you know, his draw is I, there's, there's a little bit of treachery to it, if that makes sense. I, I think there's, you know, there's a handful of guys who could probably give him some problems along the way. Um, you know, in the quarterfinals, he could potentially see uh, Nebraska's uh, Chad Red, who he has beaten twice this year, but Chad Red, um, you know, still a very dangerous wrestler. He's an All-American um, you know, I think that one could be that there could be a lot of fireworks in that quarterfinal matchup. And then in the semifinals, he could potentially see North Carolina State's Tariq Wilson or Oklahoma's Dom Demas. Uh, Tariq Wilson won the ACC's. Uh, Dom Demas won the Big 12. Um, so yeah, I think both of those guys, they're both really athletic and very, very um, quick. 
Um, you know, they kind of both wrestle. Um, they, they've got some technique to them, but not unlike Ironman. They, I think they kind of rely a little bit more on their speed in order to, uh, to execute some attacks from neutral. So, um, you know, Ironman's going to have to be on his game if he's going to want to win that match in the semifinals in order to get to the finals. Um, 165, Alex Marinelli. Um, he's he's got one hell of a path man he's <laughs> this this could be pretty mean um in the in the first round he'll he has the one seed he could potentially see the pigtail winner which could be northern iowa's austin yant um who's originally from waverly shell rock so that could be kind of fun another iowa versus northern iowa matchup potentially there um and then in the second round um this is where things get kind of interesting he could potentially wrestle north carolina state's thomas bullard um who is very seasoned very very tough um, in the set, in the quarterfinals, he could potentially see Stanford Shane Griffith, who uh, went undefeated as a freshman last year. He was a Big 12 runner or Pac-12 runner up this year. Um, really, really tough customer out from the West Coast. Um, and Iowa doesn't really see a lot of wrestlers from the West Coast, you know, from Stanford, from Arizona State, from Oregon State, schools like that. Um, so that I think could be an interesting matchup. And then in the semifinals, he could potentially see Virginia Tech's Makai Lewis, who who beat Marinelli a couple years ago and ended up winning the national title in 2019. So that I think that could be a fun rematch. I know Makai has been dealing with some injuries there. Um, so it'd be kind of interesting to see how much that, uh, but you know, how much does that affect his, his wrestling ability and um, you know, the way he's kind of able to approach matches. Um, but I know that uh, Marinelli is probably going to be licking his chops at that potential rematch just because um, you know, when Makai beat him two years ago, Marinelli was also the one seed. So um, you know, there could be a small revenge factor there. Um, Michael Kemmer at 74 again could wrestle the pigtail winner. Um, things really don't get interesting for him until maybe the quarterfinals. Um, North Carolina State's Daniel Bullard could be waiting there. Um, he could see potentially another Big Ten opponent in Indiana's Donnell Washington, who's had a pretty solid year. They didn't meet at the Big Ten championships. And then in the semifinals, um, he could be looking at either Michigan's Logan Massa or Nebraska's Mikey Labriola, who I think are, you know, I, there's no disrespect to the rest of the weight or anybody on the bottom side of the bracket, but I think those are probably the two guys who have the best shots of beating Kemmer at the NCAA championships, um, specifically Nebraska's Mikey Labriola, who um, came back to finish uh, third at the Big Ten tournament last week. Um, so I, he's, he's got some funky hits. He's, he's from Pennsylvania. He's really tough and battle-tested. Um, so if he can get through Massa, um, I think that'll be a really interesting semifinal matchup between him and Kemmer if it, if it happens to come out that way. Um, so th- those are kind of your one seeds. Um, you know, I, I like all of their paths to the finals. I, each of them, uh, outside of maybe Spencer, just because Spencer's a little bit of an alien, um, they all kind of have their own treachery or, or, you know, there's potential landmines that these guys kind of have to pay attention to, um, you know, if they want to get to Saturday night's finals. Um, so it's not going to be a cakewalk for any of these guys, not even Spencer. Um, but I, there, there are definitely some interesting matches along the way that could make things uh, very, very interesting, at least for the onesies, for sure. That's awesome, man. That's uh, it's it's great to just kind of hear you go. Uh, it's 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 amazing <laughs> the the amount of knowledge you have. Uh, so so how about some of these other guys, DeSanto, Young, Warner, Cass, uh, all guys uh, four and five seeds in in the nationals. Absolutely, yeah. I, uh, DeSanto he, he ended up drawing the four seed. Um, so and that's I, I like his spot there. Um, you know, I think that's a, that's a, I think that'll be a welcome spot. I think most people will. Um, agree that that's probably the best spot for him. Um, so he's going to open up against uh, Paul Bianchi from Arkansas Little Rock, which is actually really, that's a really cool story there. Um, Paul Bianchi is Arkansas Little Rock's first ever NCAA qualifier. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, hey, uh, congrats on qualifying. Now you get Austin DeSanto first round. So that, that maybe kind of stinks for that camp. Um, you know, it, it, DeSanto's path, I, I like his path to the semifinals. I think it's a path that as long, you know, as long as his finger's healthy and he comes ready to wrestle, um, he could absolutely be wrestling on Friday night. Um, he could see Iowa State's Zach Redding um, in the second round. Zach Redding had a, you know, he's just a true freshman. He finished third at the Big 12 Championships last weekend. So that's, uh, um, you know, real impressive by him. Um, be curious to kind of see how he handles DeSanto's pace and just, 
Um, you know, can he handle it? Because uh, most people, when they wrestle Austin DeSanto for the first time, they, they usually cannot handle it. Um, so that'll be kind of an interesting matchup. And then in the quarterfinals, he'll wrestle a really tough guy. Should he get there? Um, you know, uh, Pittsburgh's Nikki Phillippe, who's, you know, that's another guy that's probably a strong All-American contender at this weight. That could, I think that matchup is probably a coin toss. But, um, you know, again, I, I don't know that Phillippe and DeSanto have ever wrestled. So you got to think uh, advantage DeSanto in that end. Um, and then in the semifinals, should he get there, um, he's on the same side as the one seed, which is Oklahoma State's Dayton Fix. Dayton Fix is, um, you know, Spencer Lee level good, uh, maybe not nearly as dominant. Um, but he, I mean, this kid is equally as talented. He, he was at the, the senior level world championships a couple years ago. I think a lot of Iowa fans will remember him as the guy that beat Thomas Gilman to make that senior level freestyle world team. Um, he's beaten DeSanto in the, you know, the last time Iowa and Oklahoma state wrestled, um, which I believe was down in Stillwater. Um, so I, I don't know that Fix actually wrestled last week, last year. Now that I remember it, he was taking an Olympic red shirt, but, um, you know, that, I think that'll be a really, really big match. Um, you know, I, I think you probably favor Fix just because he's gotten his hands on DeSanto and he's just kind of out of this world talented. Um, but, you know, I like Austin DeSanto's potential odds to get to Friday night and get to the semifinals. Um, you know, Caleb Young, also a five seed. Um, he's on the top side of the bracket at 157. Um, he could potentially see uh, Penn State's Brady Berge in the second round, which, um, you know, I think a lot of people will be tuned into that one. Um, it could have a, a few team race implications there just because I think uh, Penn State might be the team that could apply the most pressure to Iowa this week or next weekend. Uh, but, I, you know, I like Young's path to get to the quarters, and really I like his path to get to the semifinals. I think, you know, if he gets through, um, you know, Birdie and gets to the quarters, he'll probably see either Oregon State's Hunter Willits or, uh, or Riders' Jesse Delmechia. Um, you know, I, I think those are uh, either one of those opponents that's a winnable match for Caleb Young, and so that would put him into the semis where he would face um, – Presumably Ryan Deacon from Northwestern. Deacon actually just beat Young at the Big Twelve final or the Big Ten finals, excuse me. Um, so that I mean that's going to be a really tough match for him, but definitely not out of the question that Caleb Young can get to the semifinals. Um, you know, at 197, Jacob Warner. He's also a five seed. Um, he's got a pretty gnarly quad and really a, a really gnarly side of the bracket. 197 is really really deep and wide open this year. Um, Warner plays a role in that, but I tell you what, man, this. Uh, this, this could be pretty. This could be pretty nasty. So he's got a he's got NC State's uh, Nick Renan, um, really talented guy. Uh, maybe a little undersized for the weight, but very technically sound. So that'll be a fun first round match for Warner. If he wins, he could potentially see Iowa State's Marcus Coleman, um, an Ames grad. Um, he stayed at Iowa State. He bumped up to 97 this year. He looked really really good at the Big 12 tournament. Um, if it's it's either Marcus Coleman or Northwestern's Lucas Davison, that's another first round match right below Warner. Um, so Warner beat Davison last week at the Big Ten Championships. Um, so that, I think that's a really, that could be a really fun Thursday for Jacob Warner, really fun in that it's, it's a couple of really tough matches. Um, if he's able to get out of that mess, um, in the quarterfinals, he'll probably likely see Oklahoma State's AJ Ferrari, who is another superstar freshman for the Cowboys. Um, he was a big 12 champ last week. Um, you know, his win at the, at the 197 finals at the big 12 championships actually, um, helped Oklahoma State, um, tie for the big 12 team title with Oklahoma. Um, so this kid, uh, he's pretty clutch. He's pretty talented. He's very, very strong for the weight. Um, so I think that'll be a, that'll be a huge test for Jacob Warner. And if he's able to get through there, um, probably seeing another rematch with uh, Michigan's Miles Amin, who who beat Jacob Warner in the Big Ten semifinals last weekend. Um, so there's there's a path here to to potentially get to the finals. But Jacob Warner is going to have to earn every single bit of it along the way because um, that's a that's a pretty gnarly bracket. Um, and then uh, at heavyweight, Tony Cassiope, also the five seed. Um, you know, I, I really like his path to get to the quarterfinals without much fuss, but once he gets to the quarterfinals, that's where things get really, really interesting. Um, he could potentially see, uh, Arizona state's Colton Schultz, um, who was the number one pound for pound recruit a couple years ago. Um, he is, uh, he's a Greco Roman phenom for people who follow the Olympic style. 
Um, you know, he, he won a Pac-12 title two weeks ago, and then last weekend he actually flew out to Italy for a senior-level Greco-Roman competition. Um, so, I mean, this is a guy that loves wrestling. This is a guy that loves all styles of wrestling. Um, he's undefeated this year. Um, you know, those are two guys that I think are probably in the running to, you know, potentially be third, fourth, fifth behind the top two guys at heavyweight in the nation. Um, so if Cass is able to get through there, um, get to the semifinals, he'll likely see Minnesota's Gable Steepson, um, who I think is just probably a tier above everybody else in this bracket. So that's going to be a really tough challenge for Cassiope. But, you know, definitely not out of the question um, that he could absolutely make a run to the semifinals or at least get to the quarterfinals where he'd wrestle um, Colton Schultz there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, a lot of these guys, you know, four or five seeds, you know, if they're not number one seeds, but, you know, they all have pads that, they could potentially get to the semifinals. I mean, this is what I mean. If, if I was able to put six, seven, eight guys in the semifinals um, on Friday night, that's just, that's bonkers, man. Like, that just doesn't happen, uh, you know. So, like, um, you know, but, I mean, the, the possibility is there. A lot of these guys are good. Um, I, I like their paths. Um, some of these guys are going to have to earn it a little bit more than others. Some of these guys, you know, have a little bit more favorable draws. Um, you know, but I, not unlike the, you know, the, the basketball version of March Madness, anything can happen at the NCAA championships over the course of those three days. Um, so these guys are going to have to be, you know, on their A game. They're going to have to be ready to go every single session. Um, like Tom Brand said earlier today, they're going to have to be ready, 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 three readies, triple ready. Um, you know, if they're going to want to ultimately, you know, get to the semifinals and, and do what I think that, that they're fully capable of doing. Um, so really, I think a lot of reasons to be encouraged about, you know, these Iowa draws and where these guys are at in their brackets. Um, you know, but other guys, I mean, they're really going to have to earn it. So there's, there's, uh, that's, that's probably a lot. I, I hope I didn't lose anybody no, along man. the way because <laughs> there are, you know, I, everybody gets excited for selection Sunday for the men's basketball and selection Monday for women's basketball. But for wrestling, there's, we get 10 brackets. And so it's, just, it's, it's, it's a lot more interesting to kind of take in and, um, you know, there's, I, you know, I hope maybe people pulled up, maybe, maybe I should have prefaced with this. People should probably have pulled up the brackets so maybe they can follow along and, and kind of see what I mean. So, um, you know, if you're listening now and you're kind of lost, pause, go find <laughs> this division one brackets. They're on track wrestling. I think I tweeted out a link, um, and just kind of follow along weight by weight as I go through all of these. And, and that might, that might make a little bit more sense, um, to some of these people who might just be listening instead of kind of following along with the brackets. But, uh, that's a lot. Um, so I, I hope that made a lot of sense. But there's I, the short version, the very, very short version, is that there's a lot of reason to be optimistic if you're an Iowa wrestling fan. That was wonderful, Cody. That, ladies and gentlemen, is why you bring Cody Goodwin on to talk wrestling, man. Uh, <laughs> the, the amount of knowledge you have, the passion you have for it, just uh, just jumps off of the uh, off the speakers, and uh, and that that's fun, man. I, I hope you enjoy. Are you are you able to to go down to St. Louis? Or are you going to be watching on TV like the rest of us? I so yeah my I got a credential accepted so nice. I'll be able to be in the building. Um, I'm not sure what access is going to look like. I'm I'm anticipating a lot of zooms because I know as as credentialed media I'm not tier one personnel. Um, so I, I'm pretty I'm pretty certain that Mark and Chad are going through the same thing at the Big Ten basketball tournament this week in Indianapolis, and we'll probably continue to go through something similar at the NCAA championship. But that's the following week. Um, so not sure what access is going to look like, but I'm going to be in the building. I'm going to have access to all eight matches. Um, so I, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm amped. Uh, this is, this is like Christmas to wrestling fans. It's, it's, it's the crown jewel of the sport. Um, and it's three days. I mean, just take, take the, the six weeks, not the six weeks, the three weeks of March madness, the men's basketball tournament and cram all of that excitement and emotion <laughs> and electricity into three days, six sessions all under the same roof. It is, it, there's nothing like it. Um, you know, and, and if anybody hasn't seen it or witnessed it yet, I encourage you to tune in this year, not just for the fact that Iowa was probably the favorite to win it, but just 
for the for the action and the emotion and everything that you get to witness along the way. It is it is a tremendous athletic event, um, one of the more underrated athletic events in the country. Um, and I think I think everybody who watched, I've never met a person who has tuned in to watch it and didn't enjoy it. I'll put it that way. Um, uh, it, it is it is awesome. I hope you enjoy it, man. We will enjoy your coverage again at Cody Goodwin on Twitter. Uh, find his work at the Des Moines Register, and uh, and we'll be we'll we'll be following you. And I, I assume I'll be uh, bringing you back on here again to uh, to talk about hopefully uh, another national championship for this Hawkeye wrestling program. Cody, thank you, man. As always, I appreciate it, Ad. Thank you so much. Just an incredible display of knowledge from Cody Goodwin and should be an incredible display of wrestling from the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, next week. I know I'll be paying attention. Hopefully you will as well as uh, as the Hawks bring home another national championship and Spencer Lee uh, brings home a third for himself and, and some other guys uh, do as well. Thank you so much for listening. Go Hawks!